Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hi guys, I'm May and welcome to my podcast, Phenomenal and Asian. A podcast aimed to redefine the Asian stereotype and share inspirational stories of those doing phenomenal things. This week's Phenomenal Asian is Arnold Ma, founder of Cumin, an award-winning Chinese digital creative agency. It felt like Arnold and I had known each other for years. We bonded over many things like how we were the only Asian kids at school, how we hated being different. But what I really admired most was his effort in reconnecting with his Asian roots and how embracing his ethnicity has led Arnold to create a successful business. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hello? Hi Arnold! Oh, hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, amazing. Have you used this before? I have not used this. (laughs) I wasn't expecting. This is weird. (laughs) (laughs) So we're doing this. uh, It's pure voice, right? No uh, no video. It's pure voice. No video. video. I am very actually disappointed. I'm not going to see your face. (laughs) Likewise. Likewise. I wanted to meet you like face to face. So uh, what's what's your back? Are you based in London? Yes, so I'm based in London. Oh, wow. Okay. And your what, what can I ask? What's your background? background in terms of like what, ethnic like, background ethnic okay yeah so my dad is from hong kong ah. um, and my mum she's she was actually born in burma oh, um, but cool. then they got kicked out and then she moved to hong kong so she's chinese Burmese. okay okay wow interesting what about you um i'm chinese so i was born in china uh and i moved to the uk when i was nine years old and i've been Oh, ever really? since yeah i actually grew up in essex i'm an essex boy believe it or not oh, um the only way is essex. yeah but i don't <laughs> talk about that much <laughs> <laughs> so how come you guys moved then or, uh, my like, mom my mom came here to study in the 80s and she mm-hmm. did her phd and then she just stayed here after and then she brought me over uh when she finished her studies basically so i grew up with my grandparents which is quite common in china and where, whereabouts in China? Do you know Xi'an? No. So it's where the terracotta warriors are. Oh, yeah. okay. It's like a really cool, like, cultural city. It was like a capital for 13 different dynasties. There's like a really oh, cool wow. mixture of, like, culture and food from different uh, ethnic, like, Chinese ethnic groups and stuff. It just, it's, it's a really oh, amazing wow. place. You should definitely check it out if you ever go to China. Is it? It's really bad that I've never been to China. Oh, no. Well, I've been to I've been to Hong Kong and then I've been to like Shenzhen. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, like just on the yeah, border. Shenzhen Shenzhen is part of China, so uh, that that counts definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. But yeah, fine. But I need I definitely would love to go to like, like Shanghai, Beijing, somewhere like mainland China. Yeah, I'm there all the time. So next time um, you're planning going, just let me know, and then uh, yeah. I can meet you in Shanghai and show you around if I'm there. Oh my god, amazing! Cool. So you you moved when you were yeah. nine. And do you remember growing up? Yeah, I do remember growing up in China, actually. Um, 
Are we starting the interview now? Or is this like uh, still outside? Yeah. Well, you know, we can oh, say shit. Okay, this is an interview. That is an informal, you know, it's just a chat. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Uh, I like it. This is good. Um, so, yeah, I remember growing up in China really well. Uh, and I grew up, actually, I was born in Xi'an, but my grandparents lives in a small town outside of Xi'an, still in the Shanxi province. Uh, and it's a small town called Yangling. Um, loads of people, many people, pretty much everyone outside of China will know where it is, and even a lot of people in China will know it. It's really small, like, uh, but it has a quite famous. I think it's like agriculture university, agriculture university, uh, and my granddad was mm-hmm. a professor at that university. Uh, it was because it was like a very small town. Everything was very rural. Uh, so, for example, I remember this very clearly. Like, we didn't have uh, running hot water. So, but there was like a canteen where you would go and collect or collect. So you either boil the hot water yourself, or you would go and get like the hot water in like a one of those big hot water. Mm, oh, sorry, let me switch off my email. One of those big hot water um, flask things. Um, but obviously, boiling your hot water is quite expensive because there were also no uh, no no gas connected to the building. So we'd have to get like a gas. Uh, what do you call it? Like uh, those big gas, um, like cinema. yeah, one of those things to use under your hob. Um, so life was like oh, wow. super different, right? And then I then I moved then yeah. I moved over to the UK and age of nine, I was like, oh my god, this is like another planet because like, <laughs> I went I went from not having running hot water and gas. Uh, obviously, we had electricity, we had central heating, we had TV and stuff, but I didn't really have any toys. Um, to 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 Colchester to the UK where I put her for the first time, and this was back in yeah. 1996. So it was it, yeah. it was like old computer that only had like a Pentium P90 process, 90 megahertz, which was super slow. Uh, but it had the internet and it had like 28.k modem, and I was just absolutely fascinated. I was like, what what is this? This is crazy. <laughs> and so then you were just thrown into English school, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is actually it's actually pretty funny. Like my mum would just like, couldn't literally couldn't speak a single word of English when I first arrived, and my mum just threw me into I think it was year four or year five at the time in primary school. Oh, wow. and I couldn't speak a yeah. word of English, but like the school was really good to me. So they actually got me an English teacher, which te- taught me English. Uh, I think it was like two to three hours a day. So I would come out of normal class and go learn English. Uh, and because mm. I was really young, and when you're young, you learn languages super fast, right? So I learned English mm-hmm. within like the first three months. But I remember, oh, wow. I remember arriving uh, and not being able to speak to anyone or go up to people. Uh, and I remember, I think it was like it was September, so it wasn't long before it was Christmas. Uh, it was end of September, I think. And I remember going around with like a dictionary in one hand and just pointing at random objects with another hand, and then just asking people to show me like what these things were in the in the dictionary. And I remember like one vivid memory of, you know, like in、uh, in the UK in schools you have like a post box where you could put in your Christmas cards for everyone, and they get distributed.、Yeah. So I was I was really confused why there was a post postcard in the building, <laughs> and a post box in the building, and it wasn't really like. Anything in dictionary? So they showed me it was a post box. I said, "Yeah, I know it's a fucking post box." <laughs> what was he doing in here? And I couldn't really communicate that. So that was、uh, that was super confusing. 
Oh my god! I mean, I can imagine it just must have been so confusing, even like as a nine-year-old. You know yeah. Know? And like, what were the other kids like? I was the only Chinese kid in school,、um, of course, being in Colchester in、uh, in Essex, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was really cool. So I walked into the classroom on my very first day.、Uh, I had an AC Milan top. Um, and um, as soon as I walked in, one I remember, I remember one kid.、Uh, he just went AC Milan, and then and then we just became best friends ever since. And we both were into football. We, we supported Arsenal, and it, I, I think that's actually a really cool example of how like culture crosses a lot more barriers than we realize, especially language. And language,、yeah. more often than not, is a barrier、uh, and less kind of like an enabler of like cross cultural communications.、Um, stuff like Subcultures, interests, hobbies—like all of these things—connect people much faster than language,、uh, much faster and much before when when the language、mm-hmm. steps in. So true, so true. Never really thought about like that. And so then you made friends quickly, and maybe it was easier that you were of a young age. Maybe if you moved there when you were, you know, sixteen or in a in your teens, for sure, it、yeah. might have been.、Like, did you like the fact that you would? Different growing up. Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, <laughs> I I I didn't like it all. I absolutely hated it. Like I when I was growing up, I always wanted to be an English boy because all my friends were English. They were all Caucasian,、oh, God, yeah. um,、so. and I was like the old one out, right? Like when you're a kid, you don't want to be the old one out.、Uh, you want to、mm. you want to be you want to fit in. You want to be like everyone else.、Mm-hmm. Um, but then actually, like growing up, and 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 now, I realize more than. Ever that being Chinese is a massive advantage,、um, yeah. not just because China is a, is a world superpower and massive on the global stage. Just like having something different about you is way more of an advantage than being the same as everyone else.、Uh, but it was different when you were, it was different when I was a kid, very different. And I always wanted to be an English boy, and I think that's why I learned English so quickly as well. I kind of forced myself、mm-hmm. to learn English. To have an English accent, so I could fit in with everyone else. That's exactly the same as me. I've always seen myself as British. I like me and my、yeah. brothers always say that we forget sometimes that we do look. Different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you only you only notice that you're Chinese when you're like looking at something. Yeah,、like、it's a shame. I think when you look back and you you know remember yourself as a child, and you wanted to be like everyone else, and you kind of. Ignore your culture. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred、like, percent. You're kind of embarrassed about it in a way. Oh my god, you're so、um, right. I I completely agree with that. And I my mom used to always force me to learn Chinese, like Chinese poems and、oh、and、god. old Chinese books <laughs> and stuff. And I used to always hate it. And she she'd say to me, one day you will regret not doing this. So true. Yes. I regret doing not doing it now. She's she's right. <laughs> Well, because yeah, I don't even speak Chinese, which is awful. Do you、oh, know what I mean? Like,、really、I hard, feel、yeah. like a failed Asian person, <laughs> but it's, it's it's a hard language. It is. It's it's very hard. Like if I wasn't, if I'm not in what I do now, I think I would completely forget all of my Chinese. And I'm I'm very、mm. lucky to be working in an environment where I still use Chinese.、Uh, not as often. Not、yeah. as often. I probably should. I still I try to stay away from it, <laughs> but um. Yeah, like it helps a lot because I work、uh, in a Chinese environment. So let's talk more about now. You're the founder of Cumin, which I've been watching your videos on LinkedIn. By the way,、oh, thank you. Amazing, loving them, loving the content. <laughs> But like you said, you've kind of, I guess, embraced your ethnicity with with some of the things that you're doing now. What was it like then, growing up 
um, deciding on what career you were going to take? It was always, um, I was always, so, so as I said at the start, like when I first arrived in the UK, uh, my, uh, we, we had a, we had like a computer and that was the first time I saw it and I was actually fascinated by it. it, had internet and everything. So I was like addicted to technology and to computer ever since. I remember building, I was always a big fan of anime as well when I was a kid. So I don't know if you remember, mm. have you watched Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, yeah, like it's like a rite of passage for all Asian people. <laughs> I knew you'd know what it is. If you ask like an English person, they'll be like, "What was Dragon Ball Z?" <laughs> um, but I remember watching that. I used to like watch it religiously, and I my first foray into, I guess, I guess you could call it like digital marketing or or the web is that I built a, a Dragon Ball Z fan site uh, when I was very young. Oh, I think wow. it was, I think I was in year seven or year eight. Oh my god, wait, how old is that? Like uh 12, 11 or something, maybe. You built a site when you were 12. Yeah, but you know, old. it was like really easy back then. You could like uh I think they had those site hosting uh services where you could like drag yeah, and drop still, stuff. That's very I was just playing playing around <laughs> with it and I remember actually um it was really good because it was back in the day before before we had google so it was pre-2000 yeah. uh, and you could essentially game the search engines by just like putting loads of keywords uh, on the website and then making it the same color copy as a background so no one can see the keywords but the search engines would index it and you would rank for stuff like dragon ball z episode summary or like or like an, or like oh, wow. anime and i don't know like best anime website or something whatever right and i used to get like I remember getting a lot of traffic, like hundreds of thousands a month. And uh, yeah, really? yeah, it was crazy. And I put like... A, oh, my God, from where? Just like, from search yeah. engines. So from, I think back then we had like Ask Jeeves and like Lycos uh, and Yahoo was very big back then as well. Oh, my God. So it was like global. It was people like... Yeah, yeah. So I used to like write these episode summaries. It was <laughs> back in the days. And, and I remember getting so much traffic that i decided to put like a banner on the website uh, uh and i was getting like money from it like 20 maybe like 20 pound a week maybe 20 30 pound a week it was like a lot of money for a kid i know <laughs> this was back in the day and like you just uh, this is all self yeah so i was just yes. like browsing the internet and just like google not googling stuff but like search searching stuff oh and just God. i was just really interested because I, you know like growing up i never had this stuff like like i said i never really had toys um and just having this was just absolutely it was just mind-blowing and i was just i was just mm -hmm. shocked by the the stuff you could do on the internet i think i learned a lot of my english on like online chat rooms as well talking to random random people yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if you remember chat rooms <laughs> yeah they, they, were, That's so they funny. were terrible <laughs> but great at the same time so um so yeah that's that's kind of like how i got into i guess digital marketing um, and I've just kept that interest ever since, uh, going to university, I studied, uh, internet technologies and network security, uh, which had a lot of kind of programming, uh, modules. So I did that. Um, and, and like, did your mum kind of agree with it? Was she, did she understand it or was she kind of pushing you to do other things? Uh, it's a really good question. I mean, my my mom's always been super supportive and she's always said, you know, Arnold, you could do whatever you wanted to do. Um, but I think at the time, like she wanted me to learn Chinese. She wanted me to learn like music. She wanted me to, she just wanted to make sure like as long as my academia was good, she, she, she would support me with like my interest. And she knew like I was super into technology. And even now, like I just, 
I think technology is 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 been like my lifelong hobby and passion. Uh, and I think digital and kind of creative um, yeah. really works really well when you when you understand how you can kind of like merge uh, kind of like uh, culture based creative and and then implementing that with technology platforms and how to get even closer to people using technology. Um, and, and that's the kind of stuff that really fascinates me. The convergence of kind of people and cultures and also how you reflect any creative you do. Uh, on technology platforms which is basically like in every everyone's everyday life you know? yeah no, it's fascinating what did you study uh, technology internet uh, i think network technology um internet technologies and network security very yeah. neat it was <laughs> <laughs> were you the only asian guy um <laughs> actually no it's uh there was a there was a quite a few chinese people on the course but there was also a lot of i guess indian people as well and <laughs> i think that like i think like i think British people were the minority of my course. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of did a three. No, it was there. great. <laughs> were your friends then or like white kind of growing up through school? Um, like, did you have many Asian friends? Yeah. So up to university, all my friends were white English, like every single one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. But when I got to university, I made quite a few Chinese friends. Um but like my best friends and even now are still like, yeah, white, white English people, basically. Like this is why I kind of wanted to start the podcast because I just don't have that many Asian yeah. friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, Same. And like, I think there are so many Asian people doing amazing things um, that, that like the moment that I started like researching or just putting it out there, just, you know, everyone had, I guess, their token yeah. Asian friend doing something <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Um, especially, I guess, people who have grown up here and people who are born here. It's very difficult for us to fit in either with, with, the, with, like, the, with like the really Chinese or the really Asian people. Um, mm. I think we probably find, I don't know, like, maybe not culturally but at least communication wise we're way more comfortable with english people right and i think that english people are comfortable yeah with us. exactly it's funny because i i actually do think that people judge like when i meet new people for the first time and it depends on the situation i wanted to speak quickly just so that they heard my accent <laughs> so that they knew that i was english it's like hello because I feel like do you, do you know what I mean like I feel like they're already judging me or like they might think I'm from like a tourist yeah, or something. I know. when I was younger that was massively the case uh, and I used to always yeah just tr- try to whenever people talk to me say, oh uh, you, you don't have a Chinese accent and people will be surprised that I don't have a Chinese accent I think now it's yeah. different uh, we like the last 10 years we live in like a very different world now than, than it was when we were growing up Okay, so then you you found some more Asian studies. <laughs> <laughs> you realised that you weren't that different. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what happened after uni? Um. So after uni, I got a job um at a very small local company in Colchester. Um, doing and and actually, I think that's why I learned most of my kind of professional marketing trade. This was uh something like twelve, thirteen years ago now. Um. 11, 12 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, just after graduation when I was 21. Um, so uh, I worked in a small company on client side and I was basically the in-house marketing exec doing stuff like PPC, um, SEO. Uh, I remember producing like a video with the Indian animation company. 
And I was really lucky. So next door to us was a PPC agency uh, and they had in-house training on all of their new new hires. And I made friends with the head of PPC there. Uh, and so I got like a lot of my training, even though I worked on client side, I actually got a lot of my training on agency side. So I was really lucky. And that's how I kind of like picked up a lot of my initial marketing experience. Um, and then I was very lucky. So after a year and a half of that, um, I applied for a job in, uh, in London. So it was a Southampton SEO agency called Kuzai. They're still around and they're really good. Um, and they were starting a London office. So I got recruited to come to London. Uh, and, and that's when I actually started managing clients. So I was managing like maybe about 20 clients, uh, in a London office with a few other people. Mm -hmm. And that's where I learned in that agency where I learned most of my, uh, kind of basic uh, digital marketing or rather performance marketing uh, graft, I guess. Again, were you the only agent yep. in your company? <laughs> or? It, was, it was in that company where I had, turn in, I had the turning point in my life and I moved on to kind of like Chinese marketing. Uh, and the MD, Ben Norman, uh, he's really cool. Uh, so he used to encourage us to basically uh, record videos and talk about our passions uh, in relation to marketing. Uh, and, and it was at that point, because when I graduated uni, I remember looking for jobs that where I could combine my passion for technology and creativity with my Chinese background. And those jobs didn't exist because all the jobs that required a Chinese background were like finance roles. When did you realize that you wanted to incorporate your Chinese background? Um, that's a good question. I Is think... I think it was when I was a uni, actually, because China was just about to, uh, China was like, economy was growing rapidly, and it would just, it would, it would just start to kind of like, where you can be proud to be Chinese, right? And, and that's, that's a very important moment, because when I was in secondary school, and even college to a certain extent, it was very difficult to be proud to be Chinese, because China was like a very poor country, mm. uh, it was like full of farmers, and then over and then over the kind of next 10 years, China started to become like an economic superpower. And when I was a uni, it was like on the cusp of that. So it was when that when that happened, I was like, OK, so, you know, China is going to be the world's biggest economy over the next couple of decades. Um, and I miss being Chinese because I'm, I met a lot of Chinese friends when I was at university. Uh, and that's when I kind of like got reintroduced to Chinese culture of like, um, instead of going out drinking and get wasted, you would like hang out with your friends in someone's flat. You would eat, you would, like, <laughs> eat good food together. You would chat, you would talk about yeah. your experiences. You know, it's like a very different culture. Uh, and I really enjoyed that yeah. and I missed that. And every time I go back to China, I was still going back to China. Every time I go back to China, I had that with my cousins, but I never really had that with like friends mm -hmm. outside the family. Um, so yeah, I missed that a lot. So that's really important that you met, you met, I guess, yeah, good Chinese 100%. friends that, Really I actually met one that. of my co-founders yeah. when I was at uni um, of, of Cuman now. So it was a very important, it was a very important stage of my life at university. And I love that, but I love the way that you did, yeah, re-spark that relationship with your Asian culture. Yeah. Because I, I don't think that I've had that yet. <laughs> we can make it happen. Like, I'm slowly going to take you for some, I'm <laughs> gonna take you some exactly. eat some Chinese food. <laughs> No, exactly. I mean, to be honest, I'm only doing this podcast so that I can meet some more yeah. Chinese friends. <laughs> awesome, I love it. <laughs> so yeah, so talk, so talk to me about. Um, uh, yeah, so um, 
basically when I was a, uh, a again, just what I was saying earlier, when I was a Kuzai, MD encouraged us to talk about our passion in relation to marketing. And mine was at that time, it was China. I wanted to explore what marketing was like in China. So I looked, I talked about Baidu uh, and Baidu was like really new back then. It was Baidu SEO and Baidu PPC. Uh, and we got like loads of traction on Twitter. Uh, people were saying, oh, no one's talking about China. No one's talking about Chinese SEO or PPC. They're looking forward to the next video. And we actually had like a few inquiries from people at Expedia back then, wanting to do some Chinese SEO oh, with our wow. agency. But um, uh, unfortunately, I was like way too junior. I didn't really know anything about it. I just started doing the research, so we couldn't do the work. Uh, and that's when I actually thought, you know, maybe uh, maybe there's a niche in the market for Western brands and that, that need to understand and engage with Chinese customers. Uh, and that's when and that and that's how Cumin came about, basically. I guess at this point, you you were so. British you'd grown up in in England did it take you a while to kind of understand the Chinese culture again uh yeah I think I mean it's a really good question when I was growing up I think when up until secondary school and college I didn't really like I was suppressing my Chinese culture as you said earlier like it's almost like you're embarrassed to be Chinese right and then when I was at university I really kind of opened up and started to embrace the Chinese culture uh, and I think while I was in university, that's when I learned the most. Um, I was also traveling back to China a lot. Like even when I would go back to China to visit my relatives, you'll be like, oh my God, your Chinese is like so much better now. I remember when you used to come home when you were a kid, <laughs> you couldn't even speak Chinese. Like literally, I couldn't even speak Chinese. I would like forget most of it. And it really kind of like picked up again when I was in university. So I had like, and I think that's why I really, I wanted to look for jobs at had like a Chinese element because at uni I was exposed exposed to so much Chinese culture. Um, I think Essex University is still one of the highest in terms of like Chinese students uh, in the country. So I was mm. I was I was super lucky actually. Um, yeah. Okay, so here's a question: During this whole coronavirus, there's been a lot of stigma attached to being Asian, and there's lots of increased kind of racism and things like that. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, have you experienced any of this? Or like, do you think it's going to get worse? So I've person? not actually experienced anything myself. Girlfriend who's a Cantonese, and she said as she was walking home one day, this was a couple of weeks ago now, some people in front of her said like, oh, watch out, you or something. Um, oh my God. So I know people that have experienced it, but... It's very, very, very rare these days, I think. Um, mm. I think mostly, I don't know. I guess I'm not sure if it will get worse because I think people are starting to realize that a virus doesn't have nationality. Um, <laughs> yeah, and now <laughs> and Donald Trump actually, actually apologized. Exactly. Like stood up to Asian Americans. I'm really worried about America, actually, because... Uh, I just feel like it's it's a very uh so <laughs> I was talking to someone earlier and I said that I think the British people have a very interesting relationship with authority and actually Boris Johnson has done really well by almost like making us go on lockdown without saying the word lockdown it's very, <laughs> if you know it's, it's very gradual <laughs> so <laughs> it's, true. it's like day by day and like before you know it you're like in lockdown you're like what the hell just happened <laughs> that is so and, true and I think in America Donald Trump doesn't have the subtlety of doing that. And mm-hmm. Americans also don't have a very good relationship with authority. 
Um, so I think they're going to find it very hard to control the nation to make sure it doesn't spread. Yeah, no, I agree. And like, they are just, you forget how big America is. God, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, and it's so decentralized, it's crazy. Yeah. Both my brothers live in America. So one lives oh. in New York and the other lives in LA. Oh, cool. <laughs> On both sides of the both sides of America. Both I love those two cities. They're amazing cities. <laughs> I know. I I it's sad because I'm like, when are we ever gonna be able to travel again? I know, I know. I miss I miss traveling. I was gonna go to China in March for the Shanghai International Advertising Festival, but that was obviously cancelled. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. And are your family like? Is your mum still here, or is she? Yeah, she's in Colchester. She's uh, <laughs> yeah, Colchester is okay. I think there's only like, so I think Essex has six times the population of Camden, and it's got the same amount of cases. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so they're doing quite well. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. I can, I can never I never believe what the media are saying. <laughs> No, <laughs> that might be might be the Chinese in you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, innate distrust of the media. <laughs> I guess my final question is: your bring your kind of Asian roots and culture to your own family. If you, I don't think you have kids, do you? I don't have kids yet, but um, yes. I'm gonna okay. have I'm gonna have a whole bunch. well this is the time to make this happen so for me like i'm actually a massive fan of sitting down together as a family and eating together uh Mm. at least once a day right and this is food is like the most important thing i think in the chinese culture and in many cultures for very good reasons because food really transcends generations and it's almost like a um like encapsulates a lot of history and culture in what you eat, how you cook it, and and kind of how you eat as well as a family unit. And and there's probably no better demonstration of that than it is in China. Like what people eat now in a lot of Chinese families is probably the fucking same as what people eat like thousands of years ago. <laughs> and that really fascinates me, you know. And 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 also when you sit down as a family, like people. Like especially these days, in like we're super connected, but but we we're we've never been further away from each other. And when you really sit down face to face and eat together, there's like a level of connection you just can't get these days. Um, in terms of like talking about your day, talking about what yeah. what's happened, and we've I've always had that. Whether I was growing up in the UK or whether I was growing up in China, whether I had no running hot water or whether I had like a fucking computer with internet. We always sat down and we always ate together. And I think that's one thing, if I could pick one thing, there'll yeah. be obviously loads of other things that I would make sure um, I instill in, in, in the future family. It's just, I just think it's super important culturally yeah. and just, yeah, just kind of like it's, it's really good for mental health and for, for like developing the family unit, um, mm-hmm. which is a very important part of the Chinese culture. Thank you so much. Honestly, it's been fascinating hearing your story. Um, so many similarities, which I think that's what I was looking for. <laughs> awesome. I was looking for safety, safety in like numbers to know that it wasn't just me <laughs> feeling embarrassed. Herd mentality. Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Phenomenal and Asian podcast. I'll be releasing new episodes every Wednesday and do make sure you follow us on Instagram at phenomenal.asian for all the latest updates. 
Stay safe and have a great week.